welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode 64, the ATA Trade Show, part one. We are 67 days, 9 hours, 6 minutes, and 50 seconds away from opening day of turkey season in Alabama. I am your host, and I am sad to say the second place finisher in my fantasy football league this year. I lost my game this week, and the guy that was in second place won his game, which put him in first put me in second, and did not get me the big prize money for this season. But there's always next year, and there is more good football to be played with playoffs starting this week, so that'll be fun to watch. And, oh yeah, there's a national championship title game in football this coming week as well, so that'll be fun to watch. Hey, I am back home from the ATA trade show in Louisville. Or as I like to say, when I'm in Louisville, Louisville, because it sure does tick off everybody in Louisville. And they're quick to correct me and say, it's not Louisville, it's Louisville, or Louisville, or Louisville. They have about three or four different ways they say the name of the city, and it's all good. When I'm in Louisville, I like to call it Louisville. And I had a really nice trip, and I feel like I got a good bit accomplished at the show. The only thing I did not get done that I wanted to do was that I was not able to find Michael Waddell and Hank Parker. But there's always the NWTF convention coming up next month, so there's a pretty decent chance I'll get to them then, and they will be back on the radar screen, so I'll be hunting down. Now, I actually was able to do a couple of things that I'm pretty excited about. First, I got to meet and hang out with a couple of regular listeners to the show. Griff Balte reached out to me on Facebook a week or so ago and told me that he was also going to be at ATA. And we were and we were able to meet Tuesday afternoon, and then I bumped into him again Wednesday afternoon. Griff was kind enough to bring me a gift to the show, and I'm enjoying part of that awesome gift right now. Thank you very much, Griff. It was a pleasure meeting you face-to-face and getting to know you a bit, and I hope I get to see you again soon. And I also got a chance to meet John Kessler while I was in Louisville as well. And John reached out to me via Twitter to let me know he was in town working. So I responded back to him, and we got a chance to visit and have dinner Wednesday night. And John, thanks for reaching out to me. I'm very glad I had the opportunity to meet you in person as well, and I look forward to seeing you in Nashville at the NWTF convention. 
Thanks a bunch to all of you guys for your support, but specifically to Griff and John for their support of the show and for making the effort to let me know they were in the area at the same time I was. It was a pleasure and an honor to meet both of you. The second thing that I got to do while I was in Louisville was to meet many of the hosts and hostesses of some of the other shows that can be found along with the Turkey Hunter podcast on the Outdoor Podcast channel. It was awesome to be able to put faces with the names and voices that I know so well. And I can tell you that the group of podcasters that's on the Outdoor Podcast channel is a group of real professionals who take what they do very seriously and they do an outstanding job at it. And I'm honored to be associated with those guys and gals. And I'm still stoked about getting to finally meet most of them face to face after working with them for about a year or so. I do appreciate the opportunity to work with all of you. And in case you listeners don't know what the Outdoor Podcast Channel is, then let me explain a little bit. The Outdoor Podcast Channel is a channel on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and Player FM and on the OutdoorPodcastChannel.com where you can go and in one single feed on one single channel, you can get, I think there's 10 or 11 of us now. Let's go with 11 where you can get 11 different podcasts on the same channel. And they range anywhere from hunting to fishing to camping to bow hunting. Oh yeah, and turkey hunting as well. And so if you guys haven't heard of the Outdoor Podcast channel and you haven't found it on iTunes or Stitcher Radio yet, it's something I highly recommend for you. One other thing I got to do at the ATA show was to see some of the familiar faces of our previous guest on the show and reconnect with them. So it was great to see Eddie Salter, Josh Carney, Harold Knight, Jimmy Primos, and Chris Parrish at the show, and I did hit up each one of them to come back for another episode. And what was so cool is that none of them laughed at me. So I look forward to getting all those guys back on the show again sometime very soon. You know, one of the main reasons that I went to the ATA show was to meet some new people and see some great new products. Now, a side benefit to that is that I got to talk hunting for two solid days and nights, and it was a blast. I did meet some great people that I'll be contacting about coming on the show soon, like Paul Butsky, Rob Keck, Matt Moret, and Lee and Tiffany Lakofsky, to name a few. I also got to see some really cool and new products and interview representatives from those companies. In fact, I did so many of the many interviews about what is new and exciting that I basically had to split this episode into two parts. Okay, so there's a couple of things that I want to note about these interviews that you're about here. Number one, I'm airing these in the order that I did them, so no preference is being shown to any of these companies over another. Number two, I am not endorsing any of these products. Well, except maybe for Thermosil. And I have not received any compensation or favors or product samples from any of these companies for doing these interviews. I'm bringing you these interviews because I saw these products and I saw these companies that I thought you guys may be interested in hearing more about. Nothing more, nothing less. I'm bringing you the interview with Thermosil because it is an awesome product that if you haven't heard of it and you do not have one, you might at least want to go check that out. So, with all of that said, let's get right into the first interview with Chris Curra with LaCrosse and Danner and talk about something we can't live without, boots. 
Hey everybody, I am here at the ATA show and I have stumbled into the lacrosse boots booth. And one thing us turkey hunters do is we are on our feet a lot and walking around a lot. And in order to make that whole hunt better, it's good to have a great pair of boots. And so I have tricked Chris Curra into coming on today and telling us a little bit about some of the new stuff that lacrosse has out. And we're gonna talk about some snake boots, which seems to be on everyone's mind for the springtime. So Chris, how are you today? I'm doing good, thanks for having me, Andrew. We've got some good stuff going on in the snake boot world at lacrosse. We have a lot of great options. And one of those options that we have is the four by alpha. So basically when we build a snake boot, we'll take an existing platform that we have, and this, this platform is our four by alpha. Uh, the four by alpha is a neoprene boot. So this snake boot has a three and a half millimeter neoprene booty with hand laid rubber, a rubber shin guard, a nice rugged lugged outsole. Um, but the biggest story about the four by alpha boot is its comfort story. So you have four layers of comfort. You've got the neoprene boot that comes underfoot. You have a nice, nice footbed. You have a PU layer. Mm -hmm. um, so you have all these different, these four layers of comfort underneath your foot. So we took that platform and in order to make it snake proof, you gotta add snake guard material. So uh, as you look at and feel the difference between uh, the standard neoprene boot the snake guard's a little more rigid, it stands a little taller, doesn't have that flex, but you can definitely feel uh, the hard 360 degree cup protection that the snake guard material offers. Um, it's just a lot stiffer, a little more abrasion, and we snake test these things, strike test, so we'll set it out there and a snake will strike at it, put a balloon in it, fill it up, and if the balloon punctures, obviously you know the snake got through it. And then they'll also test it manually, um, where they're actually taking the fangs of the snake and forcing it through the boot itself. Yeah. Um, so it's tested at all these different levels, and um, we put our boots, any of our snake boots, through that test. So the 4 by Alpha offers that snake guard protection, 360 degrees around the shaft, uh, and then you got the the protection from the rubber on the lower portion of it. So, um, a great boot. This boot retails for about 160 dollars. Okay. Um, so it's a great, actually, uh, a nice price point for a snake boot. As we talk more leather boots, you start getting into the $190 range, $200 plus range, depending on what kind of boot you're, you're looking at. Right. So, so that's our, our snake guard protection on the rubber boot side, the business, and hoping to expand on that in the future as well. So if we visit again next year, hopefully we have, a, have another option as yeah. well. Now, that's a good looking boot and, it, and it's, I mean, it, it basically is just your alpha boot that's just been snake proof. Yeah, exactly. So, and I think most people are, are familiar with the lacrosse alphas, so that, you know, just to get an idea of what that boot looks like. And it sole on that boot is pretty rugged and I think it would offer some good muddy ground traction, so. Yeah, uh, the sole is our four by burly outsole. So we've used that on a couple different boots in the past. We have another full clad rubber boot in our line called the 4 by Burley and it uses the same sole. So it's got a nice, it's got nice chamfered edges. It's got a nice 90 degree heel on it. So if you do happen to be getting into a tree stand if you're not turkey hunting and you're using these boots beyond that, gives you a nice uh, thing to, 
climb with ladders. And the chamfered edges kind of create a non-loading um, outsole, which means it's not going to hold a bunch of debris and mud and things like that. It's going to, that debris and gook is going to fall out of there a lot easier. So you're going to always have that traction. And it is a nice, real aggressive, aggressive sole. So you're going to have the traction that you need, whether you're climbing hills or walking through you know, side hilling on some steeper banks as you're going out looking for turkeys. So, yeah, yeah. it's a great outsole. Yeah, that's a really nice looking boot. And what do you have in the in the leather world? In the leather world, uh, we have two different boots. We have the on the lacrosse side, we have the Venom and the Adder. One is kind of more of a a side zip style, so it's got an easy on and off. And in the leather world, that snake guard material actually goes around your entire foot. In the rubber, in this boot, we're relying on the rubber to do that protection. But on the leather side, it's easier to get all of that material, that snake guard material, all the way around your boot. So two really good options. One's kind of more of a kind of a traditional boot. And if we could get over there to them. The boot's a little crowded today for good reason. This boot is the Adder, I believe, and this is a more of a Wellington, almost kind of a pull-on boot, so it's not a lace-up. It's got a nice kind of gusset in the back that's gonna allow you to clear your foot and get into the boot. A little bit more of a low-lug style outsole on it, and just a nylon, nylon combination with leather, so you've got a 1000D material, scent-dry technology, waterproof, it's just an all-around good boot with good, you know, grips to help pull right. it onto your foot. Yeah. Where the other, the other piece here, this is more of a lace-up style, so gives yeah. you a little more flexibility to adjust comfort, fit, has a side zipper um, for easy on and off, on and out, but then you can adjust the fit with the laces on the front. Gotcha. Um, but again, full leather, 1000D nylon construction with the snake guard material going 360 degrees from the top of the boot through down through the toe and the heel of the boot as well. Now, after the testing is done on these with the balloon and the manual strike, who's the, who's the test dummy that actually tests these things out? It hasn't been me yet. <laughs> <laughs> can I put my resume in for that job? Yeah, we can do that. We'll send you down to like the, uh, the big uh, rattlesnake roundup in Texas and let you stand out there in the pit with some of those snakes and see what happens. Yeah, we have one of those in Op, Alabama as well. And um, yeah, that, uh, I, I'll just I'll just report that I went and that the boots held up well. But there, you may not see any pictures of me actually there testing the boots out. No photo or video evidence. No, I don't think I don't I don't think that would be appropriate. But the getting back to these boots, these pull-on boots have less stitching in them, and you know maybe a few less areas that might over time weaken compared to the lace-ups and but you're going to sacrifice comfort a little more comfort with the pull-ons is that correct yeah you are and you know these uh, some of the pull-ons for the most part is you sacrifice a little bit of comfort and fit like snugness for the sake of just easy on and off you're yeah. pulling it on and out you go rather than dealing with the zipper and laces um, and some people prefer that ability to just be able to pull it on. I always kind of look at it as you're wearing a cowboy boot versus a hiking boot. That's a good analogy. easier on or off, but a lot of that comes to 
different people have different feet. Some people's feet have a hard time clearing this style of boot. Right. So they need the ability to zip down with the side zip or adjust the laces so they can get into a boot easier. So a lot of it comes down to personal preference and style, and then some of it comes down to people know that their foot isn't gonna fit in this style of boot, so they go for more of a lace-up style boot. Right. So it just really kind of depends on the person. And a lot of the times if they're buying this boot, they've owned one before and they know what they're looking for. Otherwise, it's go to your local retailer, find these boots, try them on, see what fits, mm -hmm. um, find the one that's gonna feel good and give you that lasting comfort. Yeah. So you're not out in the field complaining about blisters or you know things like that. That's that's the important side of actually trying these things on and finding the right fit. Yeah, and and that's the key. You know, you don't want to get out and get three miles away from camp or your truck and find out that you have a huge blister on your foot and you have to limp all the way back or or crawl. Yeah. yeah. Then the snake boots are not going to do you any good. No. You'll need snake gloves. Yeah. And I have tried on these Alpha little cross alpha snake proof boots and they are extremely comfortable i mean that's it's foot love yeah it is foot love and the nice thing too that you get about with the rubber boot side with that neoprene you have some insulation value there right so we rate that boot with three and a half millimeters of neoprene we rate that boot from zero down to zero degrees oh wow um that's our rating yeah you know, with different people's, you know, depending on what kind of sock they're wearing. How much they sweat. How much they sweat, their circulation, you know, all that stuff. That's just kind of a standard that we market at. But people may experience some things different. But it is more of a cold weather boot than, say, one of the leather boots. So yeah. um, you can get, you've got the waterproofness with the rubber and the neoprene. You've got the warmth and the comfort there. So that's a great option. And then I think you'll notice with the leather, you get a little bit of a taller okay. boot, so you yep. get a little bit more coverage compared to the 4 by Alpha. Yeah. But uh, again, that's that's preference on some people. Some people like a higher boot. Some people it bugs them hitting them behind the knee. So it just depends. It com goes back to that conversation of fit, yeah. comfort. Find what fits you and what's what works for you, and and go with it. Yeah. And now, Danner and Lacrosse are they're not the same manufacturer but the same company owns both is that correct yeah we're under the same ownership so we're sister companies target somewhat different consumers in some sense mm -hmm. different price points obviously lacrosse we don't do any rubber boots on the danner side we're all leather boots we do some leather stuff on the lacrosse side but you'll find the price points are a little more price sensitive so like these boots here coming in right around a $190. If we, when we go and talk Danner, which we can go do, yeah, let's uh, do that. You'll notice that price points get get above $200, but you'll notice a difference in the leather, the construction, the style. It's more of a Danner, it's more of a Danner boot than it is a lacrosse boot. And, yeah, and you'll see the difference. So let me let's, put these up. Yeah, let's go. Let me ogle and fondle some of these Danner boots. So on the Danner side, we actually have. We actually have three snake boot offerings. Okay. We've got our Steadfast, which is kind of more of our price point entry-level boot here. It's built off of our Danner Comfort System, which is kind of a rubber cup sole. So you've got the sole and the midsole all as one unit. And then there's a really nice supportive footbed in there that gives us some really, really good comfort. Kind of a nice suede leather with yeah. some more 900D material 
with the snake guard built in under it. And it's got nice padded entry. So you'll start to notice the difference when you look at the Danner boots versus the lacrosse. The lacrosse boots are really nice when you start looking in, into the Danner stuff. You start seeing the, the difference in the details, the stitching, uh, and just the overall construction. So the Steadfast is more of our entry level. This is probably going to be right around your $190 price point as well, similar to, to that, but it's more of a it's almost more of like a sneaker base. It does look just like a sneaker, yeah. really, the, the with, foot bed up. With the tall snake guard um, shaft built into it. So kind of a good option for some people that aren't wanting to spend too much, but it's super, super comfortable. Yeah. Um, like that's it. really the story behind the Steadfast is its comfort. Um, you put that on and you're like, you know you've got your foot in a nice, comfortable piece. Right, yeah. Now, we've always had in our product line a boot that we call the Pronghorn, mm -hmm. and it's one of our best-selling boots um, in the hunting world, so it's kind of natural for us to do a snake boot version of that. So it's got the TerraForce construction platform, the San Crispino stitch, yeah. so what that does, that gives it a really nice wide base, mm -hmm. um, so it gives you some really good stability, but then you've got the full leather construction 900D Actually, that's probably 1,000D with snake guard um, built into it. Okay. Um, so just, you'll notice it's just a much nicer leather quality boot. Yeah. Um, side zip, for again, for easy entry, and the lace is there to kind of customize and snug up your fit the way you need it. And, it, and it's a good looking boot. This is one you'd wear to church or maybe on date night with a wife. Yeah, now if you're, yeah, that, that is a good looking boot. Now, if you really want the, the day night with your wife or the church boot, that's when you get into the sharp tail snake boot. Yeah. So this is, um, sharp tail for us was, uh, we launched this last year and it was an upland boot designed for more of an upland hunter. But what you find in with this mock toe style boot is guys really like to wear this stuff to work. They like to wear it to church. Yeah. So you've got the 10 inch rear zip there. And so basically what we've done is we've just extended that up to a taller boot with snake guard protection but you still have that classic go to church mock toe look. Yeah. And again, same type of leather we use on the pronghorn, same TerraForce construction. It's just a, a mock toe design with a nice leather shin guard going on it. This doesn't have a zipper, so you just have the rear gusset. So you're just slipping into this. So this was like we were talking about that other pull on boot with lacrosse is you put your foot in it, you have a couple straps to make some adjustment but it's really slip it on and go. Yeah. So it really is a great looking boot. And, you know, if you happen to wear that to church and you go to one of the snake handling churches, I think you'd be really safe at that. You would be safe. Yeah. If something got loose, you know, you could, you could, you could stay in place and be safe. So yeah, it's good. So some really good, really good snake boot options that we have. You guys can always find more information on our website, lacrossefootwear.com or danner.com. Both sites will link to each other too, um, so you guys can see what other options are, but definitely some good options. And these boots are available at pretty much every major retailer around the country, aren't they? Yeah, and especially when you start getting down into snake country, those are the retailers that are buying them, and most of the big chains will have that offering uh, at their stores where it is snake country. So. Good deal. Chris, thank you very much for your time and teaching us a little bit about these boots. And I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there that'll be interested in taking a look at these and trying some of these on and maybe adding them to their 
hunting apparel. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for stopping by. All right. All right, I hope you enjoyed that. Now, to be fair, I have owned several pair of lacrosse boots over the years, and I own a few of them right now, and I have been very pleased with them. But the main reason that I wanted to bring lacrosse on is because of the rubber and neoprene snake boot that they have, which is very different than most of the leather snake boots that are out there on the market. So I thought that was something very interesting that you guys would want to know a little bit about. Now, let's get to James Mulk and Rick Leisure with High Point Products and hear what they have to say. Hey guys, I'm back from the ATA show and I have stumbled across a booth for High Point Products and they have a line of holders and stakes for cameras and your tree stand for your bow and gun and all sorts of accessories and I have here James Mulk, did I pronounce that correctly? And Rick, what's your last name? Leisure. Okay. And they are with High Point Products and I wanted to get them on and talk a little bit about one of the products that they have that I think would be a good benefit for us turkey hunters. So, how are you guys doing? Good, Andrew. Yeah, doing well. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thanks for stopping. Yeah, glad to do it. So, tell me a little bit about the product that you have and describe it, you know, as best you can, knowing that this is an audio podcast, and I'll snap a picture or two of it and post those on Twitter as well. All right, thanks. This is a new product we're coming out with this year. It's called our uh, ground blind stake, and basically uh, you can utilize it just for, for more than your ground blind, though. You can take it in the backyard doing target practice and stuff, and... What's nice is our product line was more or less developed for tree stand hunters, but through the years we've decided that, uh, you know what, we could put our products as, as and market them more for uh, turkey hunting also because they're, they're so adaptable. And uh, what makes this stake uh, such a great idea, or this uh, ground blind stake, is that it eliminates uh, the idea that uh, you need a, a tripod in your stand. Uh, real estate uh, inside your ground blind is, is limited and you can mount your uh, your bow holder, your cup holder, and your video camera uh, all on one stake. And it's very strong, very durable. With all those attachments that we, we manufacture, plus the stake, it only weighs two and a half pounds. So it's, it's very lightweight, and uh, it's gonna be uh, uh, really convenient for anybody you know that uh, hunts out of a ground blind. Yeah, this... This stake actually, the top of it has a handle very similar to a cane or a walking stick, and so you know you could actually use this and and helping you helping you get around as well. Um, and then the the bottom of it, of course, has a, a spike for you to stick in the ground. And yeah, I could see where this would be something really cool, even if you're not a ground blind hunter, to take with you and have kind of a point of view for your GoPro or your video camera over the shoulder of the shooter and so you could actually do some self-filming of your hunts and I think that'd be a, a really good use for it as well. And then you've also got the attachment for the gun rest so that you don't have to sit there with your gun on your knee. I think that would be very useful. So yeah, uh, a couple other features that uh, this stake has is, is like the, the main body is made out of it's made out of extruded aluminum it's one inch square and it's anodized black. It's got quick pins on both ends. Uh, the quick pin on the bottom, say you get into a really tough soil and you can't get it driven into the ground, all you do is pull, pull the quick pin and the, the top of the, uh, the handle uh, has a hammerhead built right in the face of it. 
and all you do is just use that as a hammer and uh, pound your, uh, your, your, uh, your spike down into the ground and then reassemble the base. But also in the, uh, the handle feature, it has an, an additional four inches of extension. So uh, say the uh, base here doesn't have it quite the right elevation, uh, you've got four additional inches to extend the, uh, the handle up for your camera. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and another feature of this, again, you know, it's just uh, one inch square tubing, so all the accessories you know, fit right onto it. Uh, but one that, that, that would work really well is our uh, tree stand camouflage. It's, essentially, it's fully adjustable. It, it looks like uh, leaves coming out of uh, twigs, and, and you can adjust that to cover any angle, but you can clamp that right onto the one inch uh, you know, frame that, that goes up again. It's about, I'd say, about three feet tall out of the ground. But you can kind of take that around, and it can be your blind. So you get into position, you can open those leaves up, break up your outline and you're ready to go. So it's versatile for that reason yeah. as well. Plus the product line itself with the one inch clamping system, you can get any elevation you want on your bow, your cup holder, your, and like I say, both those items, they can just, you know, up and down the post. So basically you can get the exact position you want for your bow or your, your beverage holder or whatever. So that basically you're not reaching, you're not making any movement. It's it's just real convenient for you. Yeah, yeah, check out, you'll be able to see all these products on our website at hprtree.com. Um, all the accessories we have that, that not just fit the, the tree stands, but this ground stake as well. Uh, they're up there, we've got videos of them so you can really see how they work and uh, how it'll help improve your hunt. A couple of other uses I could see for this for turkey hunters is turkey fanning has become a very popular method of hunting turkeys where you display a turkey fan yeah. and get behind that. And I could see where you could, where a fan could be mounted on this with the stake, use it to also help kind of give you a little support as you're crawling or moving towards that turkey. And then the other thing that I see for me personally, kind of a use that I could see me having for this is when I run out of shells, after shooting at a, at a turkey so many times, I could probably just whack him over the head with this thing. <laughs> a, a good swing at him and, and put him down. What do you think? I think I think you got something there. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna save yourself money on shells if you have this for five seasons. <laughs> You'll get it all back. It's essentially a free product. <laughs> well, I encourage you guys to go to hparchery.com and check that out. And I think that you guys may see some uses for this like I said attaching a fan to it or there's an assortment of uses attaching a, a camera obviously and having that over your shoulder I think was is an awesome idea as well so I encourage you guys to go check that out and thank you Rick and well, thank, you, thank you James as well thank you all right wish you guys luck at the show thanks to James and Rick for taking time out of the show to chat with me a little bit about what high point products has to offer you know, it's something a little bit different, but there are a lot of uses for this product in the turkey world. So check that out. It might be something you want to try out. I was also able to get in front of Adam Guess with Thermosil. And as I told you, Thermosil is a product that I have and I use it often. And I do recommend it because I have used it and know it works and it works well. So let's hear what Adam has to say about what's new at Thermosil. All right, I'm back here at the ATA show, and I have Adam Guess with me, and Adam is with Thermosil. And for all of you turkey hunters out there who do not have a Thermosil, we need to have a talk. And that talk is going to be that you need to go get one. I have, I don't know, two or three of them. 
I have one I keep in my truck. I have one I keep at the house, and I have one that is attached to my turkey vest and does not go anywhere without my turkey vest. So, Adam, tell us if there happens to be somebody out there who does not know what Thermacell is. Tell us a little bit about what it is, what it does, and why we have to have one. And then let's talk about some new, new things that you guys may have. So, Thermacell is a system that will actually repel mosquitoes, and we call it a zone protection. What it is, it's a device that is powered by butane and use a repellent mat that slipped into the device. And once turned on, it will provide a 15 by 15 zone of protection. And that's gonna repel mosquitoes, black flies, and noceums. So what this is gonna do, it's gonna allow you to not have to spray down, not have to put any oils on you, use very scented type repellents. So it's ideal for hunting because it's a no scent, no spray, no oil type solution. And not only do you don't have to worry about mosquitoes landing on you, you don't even see them. So you're not hearing them. They're not landing on your binoculars or even on your rifle scope that you're completely free and clear of any worry of getting bitten or even seeing them. Yeah. And that for me is a big thing because being a lifelong hunter, my ears are not as good as they used to be. And any sound that's closer to me it is what I hear and I can't get past it. And so when I have mosquitoes buzzing around me, not only does it just drive me crazy, but it affects my hearing from long range because I'm not able to get past that buzzing in my ear. So the fact that it repels them and keeps keeps a, what you said, a zone around you that's free of mosquitoes is a big deal. What do you guys have that is new for this year? So new for this year, we have a compact camping lantern. So. A couple years ago, we introduced a full-size camping lantern. This year, we kind of downsized it a little bit. We still kept some of the great features. It's got four different light settings, low, medium, high, as well as an SOS strobe to it. What's nice is that the lighting and the repellent features work independently of each other. So if for some reason your batteries run out from the light portion, your mosquito protection is still there. So you can disassemble the unit, hang the light portion upside down so if you're in a tent or an easy up or even from a tree limb, if you're skinning a deer, so to speak, and the light's low, you can hang it up on a tree limb, still have some light coming down, still have that repellency next to you. Yeah. What the camp lanterns come with, though, is the new 12-hour max life mat. So the traditional mats in a thermocell lasted around four hours. Right. This new mat, a little bit longer but retrofits all thermocell devices so any existing devices that you might have Sweet. this new refill mat will fit into those as well and the mat lasts 12 hours so you don't have to worry about timing it waiting till you get fit that first time trying to get the maximum out of your unit you now have right. all day or all night protection from mosquitoes yeah and one of the other things too one of the biggest things if you're up in a tree stand is where do you put the unit you usually put it down on the you know down by your feet, you get excited, you kick it over, it's yeah. on your lap, you stand up, you take that shot. So we created a tree hanger designed to actually put the repeller on. So it screws right into the tree, the screw folds out of the unit just like a pocket knife, so you can oh, cool. carry it with you, straps the unit right to it, you don't have to worry about kicking it over, knocking it over. Yeah. So it's just easy solutions for the hunter and what we're doing. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, can you show me that, the new lantern? The new lantern's right yeah. over here. Uh, that one's All right. Runs off a double-A battery, so it's gonna stay lightweight. Great to put in a pack, even if you're going to the stand, from the stand, to the tree, from the tree, getting back to the car. 
if you want a little more ambient light than a flashlight, this is going to give it to you. 220 yeah. lumens on the high setting, so it's still plenty of light, but you can see the diffuser on it's nice and soft, Right. so it's not that harsh LED light coming out at you. Okay. And the pad that's in this one that I'm looking at, is this the 12-hour pad? That's actually the 4-hour four four pad. Okay, the 12-hour pad is going to be right here. Okay. So you center it just like you would a normal pad, uh -huh. and it wicks from the edges. So you don't have to worry about oh. moving the pad, mm -hmm. touching it. You set it on, you're good for 12 hours. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. And it's, what would you say, maybe for those twice the size of the 4-hour pad about? It's about a little... Three quarters the size okay. more. Okay. Yeah. Good deal. Well, do you have anything else that's new and exciting for the for the year? The twelve hour pad is the twelve hour a pad big just deal. made your thermocell three times better than it was in the past. So for this product for us, we feel it revolutionized the whole line. Yeah. So all existing established customers can now buy this refill and know that it just is that much easier for them to keep mosquitoes at bay. Right. Yeah. That is a big deal, and you know, to not have to change that pad out because even though I keep a stash of those in my turkey vest, I don't realize that the pad is used up until it's, I've got a turkey coming in and it's, and it's too late. So that 12-hour pad will be a big deal. So that's awesome. Well, good deal. Well, Adam, thank you very much for taking the time to tell us a little bit about what you guys have going on, and I encourage you guys to check out Thermacell. You guys are, the product's available Pretty much every major retailer in the U.S. is it not? So it ought to be easy to find. And if somebody wants to go and just check out the new products, was it? What's the website? Thermocell.com. That's really hard, isn't it? All right, good deal. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. All right, now staying in the Thermocell brand, I also interviewed Josh Sylvia with Thermocell Heated Products to talk about some of their product offerings that can help keep us warm and cozy on those early season turkey hunts. So here's Josh. All right, up next is a product that I think is super cool. This is Rick D'Andrea, who's the director of marketing for Torque, who's going to tell us about their all-electric off-road vehicle. Okay, I am back, and I am here at the booth for Torque, T-O-R-Q. And Torque has something that's really got my eyebrows raised. You know, I came to you guys and talked to you from the lacrosse booth earlier, and we talked about boots and walking and how we got to be comfortable in doing that. Well, Torque may make you trade in your lacrosse boots for some driving gloves. And I have here Rick D'Andrea. Did I pronounce it correctly? You did. You know, the last name like Galliano, I try to pronounce people's last names correct. So, okay, all right. I have Rick here with me, and I first was kind of keyed into Torque from a press release that they sent out for the ATA show. And Torque is a company that well, I'll tell you what, Rick, I'm going to let you tell about it because you know more about it than I do. But I have something in common with Rick and Torque, and I'll let Rick expound on that a little bit. Well, we're both from Birmingham, Alabama. We make these things uh, in Tarrant, Alabama. And it's, uh, we call it a hybrid, not on the energy side, but it's a hybrid in that when you're not silently hunting with the vehicle, you can go off-road with it. Uh, it has a rail design, it is not a golf cart, 
It has a max speed of 30 miles an hour and a range of three and a half hours per charge. Um, and we're going to be taking it to market at the end of this month. We're setting up dealers right now and we're off to the races. It is something that they're saying will compete with the bad boy buggy, but this is, to me, has a whole different attitude than a bad boy buggy does. And explain a little bit about the design and the style of the vehicle. Well, it's a tubular steel design, very much like a Baja rail racer, or rail buggy that we might be familiar with, except that it has an 18 horse electric motor, Curtis controller, four point racing harness, a breakaway steering wheel, independent suspension and disc brakes all the way around. So it's, it's typically hunters have used a, a modified golf cart previously and now we're, we're giving an alternative to that that also allows you to put a child in the vehicle or a young adult and strap them in and set the controller to five, 10 miles an hour and know that they're, they can safely follow you around. Teach them, teach them to steer, teach them to drive. It's a, it's a wonderful little vehicle. It's a lot of fun to drive. Well, I have tricked Rick into letting me come by their shop in Birmingham and let me test drive one of these things. So I'll have to run some, get somebody to run some video of that. One of the things that really, to me, stands out about this vehicle is that it has a very wide stance or actually I guess I should say two things that really stand out to me about this vehicle is that it has a very wide stance but also the weight of the vehicle is very low on this and so I, I think it would be very hard to tip this thing over or roll it over whereas maybe some of the golf cart type vehicles that that's an issue is that correct? Well we've yet to tip one over and we, we put it through its paces but we've got um, six eight bolts underneath the floorboard front to back of the vehicle so 12 inches off the ground you have 560 pounds evenly distributed so center of gravity on this thing is very very low um, if you were taking a turn uh, in just the right area this thing slides like a little sports car i mean you can have fun off-road with your friends as well as as hunting with it silently so it's a blast to drive it looks like it and it is built for off-road and there's nothing about it that that says anything otherwise so tell the listeners how they can learn a little bit more about torque and see some pictures and footage of this bad machine uh, you can go to our website at torque-vle victor larry electric com torque-vle.com we've got the msrp on there all the product specs everything you need to know and we custom build them through the website or they'll be coming to a dealer through to you probably within the next 90 days so be on the lookout so if someone were to order one of these what is the delivery time on on them right now 95 days well, that's pretty quick like a small batch bourbon, we build these things from the ground up. They're, they're custom made. Next year, or this year actually, we're only making 120 vehicles. Okay. And we'll grow past that every year. But right now we're just, we're building them to push out to those dealers. Good deal. Thank you very much, Rick. And I encourage you guys to go check this thing out. It is cool. You guys know that I'm a, I'm a gadget freak but this is more than a gadget this is a machine there's no question about it so go check that out on their website and 
if you have any questions, there's a contact page there where you can reach Rick, and I'm sure he'll be happy to talk to you. Thank you, Rick. Thank you very much. Have a great show. All right. You too. Now, this vehicle really is one of the coolest things that I have seen in a while, and I want you guys to go to their website and check these things out. They are just really neat, and I think you'll be impressed. And last but not least, well, he's not even really last because part two of the ATA show is coming up next week. But he's last for this week's episode, and that is Keith Beam with Drake's Adventures. Now, Keith has something very different that he's introducing to the market, and I knew that you guys would like to hear about it. So here's Keith to tell us all about Drake's Adventures. Hey guys, I am back here and I am standing at the booth of Drake's Adventures with Keith Beam. And Keith is a name well known to the outdoors industry and he is now working on Drake's Adventures. And I'm gonna let Keith tell us a little bit about Drake's Adventures. Keith, how are you today? I am good, thank you. Drake's Adventures, you know, we started Double Bowl Archery, the, the blind business in 1995. And we had an opportunity to mentor a lot of young kids where they could fidget around, enjoy it, see some action, and not get busted when hunting. Drake's Adventures was spawned when I took my four-year-old out to South Dakota turkey hunting with me, and he was playing with those little cars and thoroughly enjoying the day as the gobblers came in, and, and we had just a hoot out there. But it dawned on me when I was reading to him one of my sound books that why give this credit to Disney? Let's do this with something that plays to our home field, to the great outdoors, the, the archery sports, the gun sports, the fantastic shooting sports that this United States of America has to offer. So Steve Karras and I got together and we launched Spring Thunder. That was the first volume. It's the little boy's first turkey hunt with his dad. Then we've kicked out Trick or Treat, which is an actual true story of a sound, interactive sound book story of my son's first deer hunt with me when we killed the biggest buck on the farm standing together inside the blind. So that's where I'm at with the books right now. We've got Cattail Point coming out. We're going to introduce Cricket, Drake's little sister, and they're going on a waterfowl hunt with Dad. And I really want this story to take kind of a whole different direction. You know, as I pointed out to you that the great programs that are out there, NASP and the Jake's program, the Green Wings program, those are all fantastic once the kids are old enough to participate. But what Drake's Adventures does is it sparks that interest and, and really gets their window of interest open when they're zero to six years old, before they're able to participate physically. So. The whole premise of this is getting the real young kids interested in the hunting outdoors. Awesome. And the book has some fantastic artwork that Steve Karras did, and it is really a, very well put together. The turkey sounds are even realistic in this book, and we've got Keith reaching over for one, so let's let's give some turkey calls here.
So that's a little bit of what you're in for if you happen to get one of these for your child or grandchild just as an introduction to hunting and turkey hunting as well. And Keith, tell everybody where they can find these books. You can find it at www.drakesadventures.com, and that's Drakes and Adventures are both plural. You can also find them at a lot of your local archery shops and finer retails, including Legendary Whitetails. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today, and I wish you much luck at the show and much luck on your next book. Thank you very much, Annie. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed all of those interviews. Next week, I'll have six more for you. So be sure to tune in for that. And if you enjoyed today's show, then do me four favors. Number one, please leave a five-star rating and a review on whatever platform it is that you're listening to the show. If it's iTunes or Stitcher Radio, Player FM, any of the podcast players out there, leave us a review. That is greatly appreciated, and it may help to turn someone onto the show who's never heard it before and has stumbled across it. Number two, please forward and share the link to this week's episode on social media. Number three, tell your hunting buddies about the show. Even if they're not turkey hunters, Share the show with your hunting buddies, and you never know who you may introduce to the sport. Number four, be sure to tune in next week for part two of the ATA show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices, and I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.